Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and it's great to be with you again today. With me is Bobby Walter, who leads the New York region of Chosen People Ministries. And by the way, that is a significant region, which makes Bobby a significant brother in the Lord, because in the greater New York area, we have at least 2 million Jewish people in the five boroughs of New York City, and throughout the New York area, another million Jewish people. And so really, the New York area rivals Tel Aviv and Jerusalem put together. And so this is a very significant area. And if if you get nothing else from today's program, where we're going to delve into Psalm 23 in a little bit more depth, you'll remember to pray, I hope, for the gospel going out to Jewish people throughout the greater New York area. And so, Bobby, shalom and welcome. Yes, shalom, Mitch, and welcome, everyone. You are listening to The Chosen People. And today, Mitch, we're actually going to continue our discussion on the Good Shepherd from Psalm 23, and specifically taking a look at how we can find comfort in the Good Shepherd. You know, sometimes it's difficult to see how blessed we are during times of like sorrow and suffering, but whenever we're in those sorts of circumstances and situations, when we're overwhelmed or dealing with the death of a loved one or sickness or, or illness or losing a job or whatever it is, there's a multitude of things that can go wrong in this life. But when we're in the midst of it, the scripture is just such a perfect place to turn. And when we do turn there, we find and we're reminded that through Jesus, no matter what's happening in our life, he is there for us and that there's always an opportunity for hope and blessings in the midst of the sorrow and the suffering. Absolutely, Bobby. And there was a lot to be afraid of uh, when you were a, a lonely shepherd in the desert. There were wild animals, there was harsh weather. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot to be concerned about. And of course, there was also a lot for David to be concerned about, because he probably wrote this when he was a little older and with Saul chasing him through the desert, through the caves. And if you've ever been to En Gedi, you know that it borders on a very desert-like area. Right. But then in those caves, you know, there's not only lots of places to hide, there's lots of places to get lost, you know. But fear is something that all believers face. I think if we're honest with one another, we know that we get afraid. There's a lot of things about life, money, health, our overall situation in our country right now. There's a lot of reasons to be afraid, but I wanted to tell you a story, Bobby. Can I tell you a story okay. about fear? I'm listening. There was a really great man who was the president of Biola University. His name was Clyde Cook, and he had been a, a missionary in Hong Kong in the Philippines, and I actually had him for missions when I was at Talbot, which is the graduate school of Biola. Hmm. In the mid-1970s, Fighting was fierce in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And you might say, well, why would a missionary to the Jewish people pay special attention to Belfast? Because a Christian guy, actually sort of a new believer from an Irish background, was witnessing to one of his friends, and his friend said, I'll believe in Jesus when the Jews come preaching the gospel in Northern Ireland. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> and so he contacted our ministry, and we went off to Northern Ireland, and we all survived it. But I got to tell you, before we left, I was 23, 24 years old. I was a little nervous, mm-hmm. and everybody else was nervous. So I went into Dr. Cook's office, and he could, he could see that I was a, a bit afraid. People were getting blown up every day there. And when we did go over there, in the two weeks, we experienced direct contact, not that we got hurt, but we were right in the proximity of at least 10 or 11 bombs. But I want to tell you what Dr. Cook prayed. And it always reminds me of Psalm 23. Dr. Cook said, let's pray. And he grabbed my hand and he said, Lord, teach Mitch that safety is not the absence of danger, but the presence of the Lord. Hmm. And obviously, I've never forgotten that. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because we understand that wherever we go, he's with us. That's part of the great promise in the Great Commission. You can lose it because it's at the end of Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. So until the earth is no more and the kingdom of God is established on planet earth, Even through all the difficult times, until that day comes, and all the challenges we have in bringing the good news of Jesus the Messiah to both Jews and Gentiles, we know that someone even greater than Dr. Clyde Cook, as much as I loved him, is holding our hands, and he is all-powerful. And wherever we go, he goes, and as we do what we can to fulfill his will, he goes with us. Honestly, that's that's a pretty powerful story, Mitch, and a wonderful reminder for us because it is true. No matter what we're going through, no matter where we are, whether it's on the front lines of a battle or entering into a war zone to specifically share the gospel, or even in, in our regular daily lives, the Lord is with us and he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he is that good shepherd. And when we keep reading the verse, David continues to build on the shepherd imagery and talks about these two specific tools that the shepherd would use in his ministry to the flock. So he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So Mitch, when we look at the rod and the staff, you know, it's always important, I think, to look at the Hebrew. And the Hebrew for rod is shevet, which roughly translates to a stick, just some kind of piece of wood about the size of a baseball bat, a small baseball bat. It's, uh, it was used by the shepherd uh, primarily for defense and for counting the sheep and keeping the sheep in line in a loving kind of way and in a protective kind of way. Well, spare the rod, spoil the child. I tell you, uh, I'm glad I didn't have a child like me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and it's a symbol of the shepherd's strength and power and authority in any particularly hostile uh, situation. And we also understand there's uh, some discussion in the Gospel of Matthew even about the sheep being processed by passing under the rod, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And in David's time, the sheep passed under the rod, and that was really a way for the shepherd to keep track of the sheep. And it was a way of counting them. So on the one hand, the rod was a means of defense and discipline, perhaps. But in another sense, it was 
the way that a shepherd showed his love or her love for sheep. When we come to staff, the Hebrew word is mishenet, and it refers to that shepherd staff. It kind of looks like a big question mark. You know, it stands high, and it was really used almost as like a signpost for the sheep to know which way to go and which direction to go as they follow the shepherd. And while the rod conveys like a sense of authority and power and discipline and defense, the staff is kind of a bit softer. It speaks of patience and kindness. So the patience of the shepherd, the kindness of the shepherd, because as the shepherd was sort of managing his sheep, he would use the staff in in three specific ways. One was to draw the sheep together into like an intimate relationship with one another. So uh, really to kind of like build community among the sheep, between the sheep and the shepherd, but also among the sheep themselves. The staff was also used as a way to catch stray sheep. Uh, so that big question mark at the end, the crook part of the staff, would be used to, to catch a wayward sheep and then pull it back into the fold to keep it from wandering away. And then the third and final use of the staff would be more for like a gentle prodding. So it would be used to sort of nudge the sheep and guide them onto a new path or, or lead them safely through dangerous and, and difficult routes. So I think we could say with the rod and the staff, they are what the shepherd uses to keep the sheep in the fold and, and to constantly communicate that comforting presence that we read about in this psalm. We are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture, and he loves us. He knows our names. He counts us. He knows when we go missing, like in Matthew 18, 12. He knows where to find us, and we might not have him on our GPS, but he always has us on his heavenly GPS. And I love knowing that he counts every hair on my head, and he knows exactly where I am at all times. He loves me. He cares for me. And listener, he feels the same about you. Believe me, he knows you. He loves you. He cares about you. Have you ever wanted to visit Israel, but you've not been able to travel there yet? Well, right now, we have a wonderful book with some of the best photos of the land taken by Lawrence Hirsch, the director of Celebrate Messiah, our partner ministry in Australia. This book is the perfect gift for anyone who wants to feel as though they've journeyed through the snow-capped peaks of Mount Hermon, the fortress of Masada, Jaffa, and everywhere in between. This beautiful coffee table book contains 70 of the most captivating photos of Israel that you'll ever see. And it's available right now. To request your free copy of Israel, the Land, and the People by Lawrence Hirsch, just go to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or request the photo book, Israel, the Land, and the People, when you call 888-2-YESHUA. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks for letting us know you're listening. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom, dear friends. This is Mitch Glazer again from Chosen People Ministries. I want to tell you about a new program that we have for outreach that every Christian can be involved in. If you love the Jewish people, then you're going to love this program because it's going to give you the opportunity to share directly with Jewish people who will be staying in your home. That's right. You will be the host because we have started a program called HostIsraelis.com. There's a cultural phenomenon in Israel. 
young people go into the army and get out when they're usually about 22, sometimes a little younger, sometimes a little older. And after they get out of the army, they travel. And they love traveling to very different places all over the globe, from Latin America to Asia to North America. And so we started HostIsraelis.com. That's a website where you can go and find out more about how to host Israelis in your home. And it's wonderful because we have training. uh, We have opportunities for you to list your home. And I'm sure you'll find a lot of information available so that you can host an Israeli traveling through the United States and show them the love of Jesus uh, through the way you speak with them, through your hospitality. Uh, You might even feed them once in a while or help them see the sights around your home. You're going to have a wonderful opportunity to love on these Israeli young people through HostIsraelis.com. We have a lot of spiritual needs in our community here in, in the Tel Aviv area. We always wanted to share the gospel with people in a way that provided an environment where a believer could invite his unsaved friend and not have any concerns about uh, them not being comfortable. There was this young man that had a great interaction with one of our staff members. And during this interaction, uh, our staff member gave him the book Isaiah 53 Explained in Hebrew, which is written by Dr. Mitch Glazer. And we've handed out hundreds of them here at our center. And the young man didn't come back for a while, but sometime during the pandemic, he did come back. And he met with our staff member at one of our events. And he said, you know, at first you gave me the book, but I was afraid to read it. He, at the time he was Uh, reading some material that is is against the gospel and he felt ashamed reading the book but eventually did he sat down and he read this book and he came back and he told our staff member that now he's ready to receive Yeshua Jesus as his Messiah and uh, our staff member has been in touch with him and discipling him and Lord willing he's going to continue to grow in his faith Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. Here at Chosen People Ministries, we hear from a lot of Jewish people who have found the Messiah. And right now, we'd like to share one of those stories with you. I always looked forward to Passover because my mom would make her matzo ball soup and nothing compares to her matzo ball soup, I love it. Growing up in a believing home, it was hard because I always believed in God, but it was almost as if it was my parents' faith, it wasn't mine. I always felt a little different. I always believed in Yeshua, I believed in Jesus. One time our congregation, we had a parade where we marched through, it was a Labor Day parade and we were holding the banner to our congregation as we walked through the street. And this Jewish guy, he came up to me in a very hostile, belligerent way and told me, you need to pick which side you're on. You need to choose who you believe in. But as I got older, especially in my teenage years, is when I really started to surround myself with the wrong crowd. The first time, 
I got drunk, it was at a neighbor's house. I was probably 13 or 14 years old. It was just a gradual process that night, just taking little by little, drinking, drinking, and I just remember crashing the next day, just feeling hungover, you know, having such a bad headache. And it was just a slippery slope, and then drinking led to smoking, and then led to getting into other Drugs, I remember one night I was laying in bed and I was just so hungover, so sick. And I just remember thinking, is this this? Is this, there's more to life than this. One person who had such an impact on my life is Alma. I used to work at the bank. I would come to work many days hungover and she used to come up to me and tell me, I can smell the alcohol on you. But one thing that Alma did is she would always show the love of Messiah with me. Never once was she preachy or telling me, oh, if you do this, you're going to hell, or don't do this, don't do that. She truly showed the love of Messiah. You know, at the bank, she would talk to me about certain scripture verses, or she would share some Bible verses with me, and I'd tell her, ah, Alma, like, be quiet. Like, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. And I was so hungover, and I was helping a customer. It's pretty graphic, but I had to throw up. And so I remember running to the back room. We had a break room, and I remember just throwing up. And I just remember feeling so low. And Alma walked into the back room and I just thought, oh, here it comes. She's going to come preach to me and tell me how I'm living in sin and how I'm living is wrong. She asked me if she could get me some soup. And I just remember feeling so low, so convicted. But at the same time, I remember feeling this love that she offered. And it was this pure, genuine love that I knew came from God. But I remember those verses that she would share with me, they'd be running through my head and I couldn't get them out of my head. And I hated it because I remember being out at a club or at a party and those verses would be running through my head. I started to notice that things were changing in my life where we were out in a club in D.C., and usually I'd be out with my friends, drinking, getting drunk, and it'd be a good time. But this night was different because I decided I didn't want to drink anymore. Um, I didn't have that desire. I started to feel almost sick, physically sick when I would drink. I saw the emptiness. I saw the loneliness, the sadness. And to be honest, everyone just looked like zombies, just moving around. And I remember just very vividly this feeling that this is what I used to look like. And I just remember so clearly just this voice inside saying, you don't belong here anymore. This is not your home anymore. That was the last time I went into a club. It was one night in particular, we were at this Bible study the youth pastor was sharing the gospel. He started to share the gospel and it started to, to impact me. It started to speak to me about the good news of Yeshua and what God has done by sending his son and how much God loves us and how God wants a relationship with us. Not just religion, not just a bunch of rules where you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. He wants relationship, he wants fellowship. And I remember sitting there that night just feeling so convicted. How can a holy, righteous God love me? 
And it was just this emotion that came over me, and it was almost as if for the first time in my life, I truly experienced the love of God. And I just remember weeping and crying, and I just felt just God like embrace me and hug me and let me know that He loves me. Where I knew that this was real. This wasn't just this religious high or this experience. I knew that I, I had an encounter with the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth. And I felt his love in such a personal, intimate way. I always believed in God, and it was almost like I knew it up here, but I didn't know him here. I didn't believe it. I didn't experience it for myself. But when I truly experienced the forgiveness, the love that God offers, it transformed my life. It changed my life. I believe that Believing in Yeshua, believing in Jesus, is the most Jewish thing I can do. I believe that Yeshua is the promised Messiah that we read about in Moses and the prophets. I can't think of anything more Jewish than to believe in the Jewish Messiah. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. There is a growing movement of the Holy Spirit among second-generation young adults, and we have a great ministry to these folks. There are hundreds of them. There's a beautiful commercial center, two and a half times the size of what we have now that'll seat over 150 people. We have space for children's work. We have space for a cafe. And so pray over the center. We'd love to have you come on a chosen people trip. But I know that you'll want to be involved in one way or another to help the gospel go out in power to Israel. To learn more about this new exciting project, visit chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. That's chosenpeople.com slash Tel Aviv Center. Partner with us to bring the love of Yeshua to Israel today. One of the greatest challenges the Jewish people have faced over the centuries is how to preserve our heritage while looking forward to the future. And that sums up the goal of Chosen People Ministries. We believe with all our hearts that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that Jesus is the promised Messiah of Israel, and that the simple message of His death and resurrection has the power to transform the lives of Jewish people and Gentiles all over the world. And we'd love for you to partner with us. With your prayers and financial donations, we will keep proclaiming the gospel until we see him face to face. Learn more online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Once again, that's chosenpeople.com slash radio. We look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. To learn more about this weekly program or how you can connect with us today, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And when you reach out, we'll send you a free photo book of Israel. This spectacular coffee table book presents the history, the beauty, and the culture of the land of Israel from the snow-capped peaks of Mount Hermon to the fortress of Masada to the modern Tel Aviv and so much more. Lawrence Hirsch's book makes a great gift for the upcoming holiday season. So request your free copy today. It's available online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Or you can ask for the photo book today when you call us at 888-2-YESHUA. 
That number again is 888-293-7482. And now let's wrap up today's message with the Aaronic Benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.